Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Bible Lab, the podcast where we explore major themes from every book of the Bible in order to see how each page points us to Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. I'm your host, Andy Wood. Thank you for joining me. Friends, this is our second episode in our exploration of the book of Colossians. And what we want to look at today is the false religious experiences being peddled by the false teachers. What's clear from reading the letter to the Colossians is that there was some form of false teaching circulating through the church. It has become known throughout history as the Colossian heresy. Heresy is a word that means a deviation from the truth. So the true gospel. And then if someone teaches a different gospel, they're teaching a heresy. It's a false teaching claiming to be the truth. And so the Colossian heresy is what Paul is writing against. And we get a a little flavor of that in Colossians 2.8. Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So we are supposed to be captive to Christ, but Paul says, See to it that these false teachers who are teaching the Colossian heresy don't take you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Now, what's clear is that there is a Colossian heresy. What is not clear is what exactly this Colossian heresy consisted of. There are all sorts of theories as to what the Colossian heresy was, but very similar to the authorship of the book of Hebrews, we'll find out when we get to heaven, because we just don't know and we're not going to know. I will say this. It does seem like, as you read the letter, that the teaching, the Colossian heresy, was at least partially Jewish in character. Now, when you read Galatians, it's very obvious that the Judaizers are just that. They are trying to trick people into salvation through keeping the law of Moses. In Colossians, it's not quite as clear as cut and dried, but there does seem to be a Jewish element to this false teaching. There appears to have been an emphasis on circumcision, food laws, the Sabbath, and the purity laws of the Torah. Just a sampling, I'm going to read you Colossians 2, verses 11, 16, and 21. Paul says, In him, in Jesus, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. So perhaps the false teachers were calling on these Gentile Christians to be circumcised through human means. And Paul says, no, no, you've already had the real circumcision that happened through your faith in Jesus. Verse 16, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. So these Gentile Christians who did not have a cultural habit of honoring the Sabbath like a Jew might, are they perhaps being pressured to not work on Saturdays to keep the Jewish Sabbath? Seems like it. And Paul says, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. So are these Gentile Christians being pressured by false teachers to adhere to the purity laws of the Torah? Seems like it. Now, whether I'm completely wrong on that, it's clear that there is a Colossian heresy. It seems likely that it was at least partially Jewish in character. But here's something else that's perfectly clear. We know Paul's response to this heresy and every heresy that he encounters, whether it's the Colossian heresy or the Judaizers of the book of the Galatians. 
Here is Paul's solution. Exalt Christ. Exalt Christ. Friends, if you're sharing the gospel with an atheist, you should exalt Christ. With a Hindu, exalt Christ. With a Muslim, exalt Christ. With a Jewish person, exalt Christ. In every situation, when we are proclaiming the gospel, whether we're meeting an error or whether we're setting forth the truth, we want to exalt Christ. And the letter of Colossians is full of Christ-exalting language because Paul wants them to see everything they need they have in Jesus. Colossians 1, 15-20 is a great example of this. I'll read it for you. He, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, here's the, I hope, encouraging thing for you. We live in a world where we are surrounded by all these different belief systems and different religions, different spiritual paths that people are on, and we often feel inadequate and poorly equipped to share the gospel because, well, I, I want to share with this Mormon guy that I work next to, but I don't fully understand Mormonism, or I want to share the gospel with my roommate uh, who's a Hindu, but I don't really fully understand Hinduism. Friends, certainly, if you can acquire knowledge of Mormonism or Hinduism or whatever it is so that you can fully engage with them, God bless. Please go ahead. But do not lose sight of Jesus. Because, friends, what's going to win your coworker, your roommate, your friend, your family member, what's going to win them is not your argument, but the living Christ. And so we want to exalt Christ. Exalt him in your speech, exalt him in your life, exalt him in your trust in him, exalt him through your delight in him. And as you both declare and display the greatness of Jesus, the superiority of Jesus above everything else, that is, is what is going to win your neighbor for Jesus. These false teachers in Colossae are coming in and saying, Jesus is great, but you need to add something to him. Jesus is wonderful, but you need just a, a touch of human effort, just a touch of this, a dash of that. And Paul says, no, you have everything you need in Christ. Now, these false teachers, it also seems clear, are peddling secret knowledge and hidden wisdom that they'll reveal for a fee. And so Paul's solution is to reject human wisdom. Colossians 2.23, these so-called wise teachings have an, have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Now, just to be clear, friends, when I say reject human wisdom, I do not mean to say that as Christians, we have to turn our brain off when we come to Jesus, that we, as Christians, we're scared of science or we're scared of math. No. The human wisdom that Paul is calling on us to reject is the human wisdom that teaches salvation by human effort. 
right? That teaches salvation by human craftiness, by human plans. If you'll remember from 1 Corinthians, Paul says the gospel is foolishness. The gospel says you are saved through the death of someone else. Not through strength, not through wisdom, not through cunning, not through money. You're saved through weakness. Jesus' weakness by allowing himself to be crucified on the cross. And you are saved by acknowledging your weakness and your inability to save yourself. And that seems foolish to man. And man says, no, no, here's a, here's a five-point plan that we can knock out of the park and so that we can be made right with God through our own effort. We don't need God's help. We can do it ourselves. And so the human wisdom leads to hell. So reject that wisdom. Cling to Christ. Proclaim Christ. And you might get called simple. You might get called uneducated. You might get called all sorts of things. But friends, the world needs to see that Christ is enough because he is. He is enough. So let's declare Christ. Let's display Christ. And in our declaration, in our displaying, let us exalt Christ as the supreme Savior and Satisfier of the world. So friends, in our next episode, Lord willing, we're going to take a little bit deeper look at the cosmic supremacy of Jesus in all ways over all contenders for the throne. But for now, my friends, take up and read. God bless.